I think that one of the most important skills in life is the ability to ask deep questions to people and the ability to ingratiate yourself with people in such a way that they're interested in answering your question, you know, that they like you. You don't have to have some deep relationship where they're telling you their secrets, right? Like, I don't even think trust is the most important thing in a new relationship because, again, they're not telling you their deepest secrets. Today, I'm going to be interviewing an unbelievably successful and interesting entrepreneur, community builder, intentional culture builder, and a guy who bought a ski mount. I mean, this guy has just done so much cool stuff, one of the most influential people in my life. And he's going to be talking about the power of questions and why you should live your life like you're a podcaster. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Dream Beyond. I'm your host, Nick Tarasio. I'm a CEO, musician, and overall seeker of truth, inspiration, and simply put, how to live the most fulfilling life possible. Growing up surrounded by extremely wealthy and successful people gave me unique and unfiltered perspectives of those who have seemingly made it. And on The Dream Beyond, we're letting you in on what it really takes to achieve your dreams, what happens when it turns out your destination isn't the promised land you were expecting, and how to process the lessons from your past while mapping a course to true fulfillment. Let's get started. Hey guys, really excited to have Elliot Biznow with me today. He's the co-founder of Summit Group, which is Summit Series. Summit Junto, Summit Impact, and Powder Mountain. You guys literally own a mountain, which I still think is one of the coolest things that any of my friends have ever done. Uh, super successful startup, startup investor. Uh, also co-founded BizNow Media, and now the co-author of Make No Small Plans, which is just a, a super cool book of kind of your journey with your three friends to build just this incredible community. And really wanted to start and say partly why this is such a meaningful discussion today for me is that, Elliot, you're one of the most influential people in my life. I, I don't know if I ever got to tell you that, but it's, I always say there was life before summit and life after summit. And I feel like I opened a portal to ultimately the people that became my best friends in life, people that became my business mentors and guides. And, uh, back in the day when I had no idea what I was doing, running my family business, I called you and said, how do you do what you do? And you were like, come to San Diego and I'll, we'll talk about it. And I just really appreciated that you showed up for me in that way. And, uh, yeah, just thank you so much for being here. Heck yeah, that means a lot. Thanks for saying that. And I'm excited to be chatting. Yeah, man. And and I think I, I really have a big question for you that uh, because of the perspective that you'd have and the fact that you have cultivated these amazing communities of influential, super successful people, I really would love to start out with the idea of a big question of how do you balance this go big rocket ride with like it's enough and fulfillment? And I think that's a big question that I've struggled with in my life. And I think a lot of people in my circles have also kind of had that question of like, I want to go big. I want to change the world, but I don't want to be a martyr for it either. I mean, that's the problem with starting a business is there's no way to, or it's very difficult to have kind of a chill business. Like when you jump in headfirst to achieving your dream, it kind of sucks you all the way in. And you really need to put up parameters from the very beginning about, you know, around how you want to live your life, how much you want to work. Because if you don't, your team, your client, your customers or clients, like everyone's coming for your time and your business and your dream that you're trying to fulfill can completely overwhelm you. So I, I always thought what was most important was how I want to work not 
not what I want to work on. I always thought it was much more important how I want to feel, um, how I want to spend my time. You know, let's just say you want to, uh, you know, have a new startup around uh, managing aircrafts. You know, um, that's perfect for you. And, uh, you know, the first things to actually figure out are, well, how many hours a week do you want to work? What kinds of people do I want to work with on my team? Like, what do I want my teammates and employees to be like? Do we want to work in an office or do we want to be remote? Um, do we want to be working till, you know, 9 p.m. at night? Do we want to be working on the weekends or do we want to have, you know, time off for our families? Um, what kind of clients do we want to have? Are we willing to take, you know, big clients that'll make us lots of money, but they might not be great people? Or are we going to, you know, have a line in the sand of what kind of people are willing to work with. And so I think most folks don't create the how they want to work ahead of time. And then they just get sucked into it. And they end up, you know, creating their dream and then resenting their dream, right? They're building this thing. And then it just becomes so difficult, so challenging, which is actually okay to work hard, but they don't like the people they're working with. They are frustrated with their customers. So that's the thing for a long time I've actively thought about. And was it always that way for you with even building Summit? Did you have a pretty clear path on that pretty early on? Yes. After my first business, I was with Summit from, you know, since 2008, I really thought, you know, Summit is going to be about, you know, our, let's say our clients, our customers, if you will, that's the Summit community. Um, we don't think of them as customers. We think of them as community. But, you know, those are the people that we're in service of, that buy tickets to events. That And it really matters who comes, right? I want to be servicing people that I really care about. I want to be servicing nice people. And then, you know, the best part of me, the best part for me always was actually the people that I got to work with the employees. I always call them team members. But that was the best part for the last 15 years for me was who I actually work with day to day and who shows up next to me shoulder to shoulder, how they interact with me. Um, and we created, you know, to answer your question, a culture from the first day where, you know, we wanted our team members to feel really great about challenging their bosses. We wanted them to bring ideas to the table. We wanted you know, we wanted everyone to get along, you know, really well at the company. So from the very beginning, we said, you know, the reason we're doing this is so we can, you know, service customers we really love and care about, and so that we can have a team we really care about. The goal of Summit was never to make money at the expense of, you know, <laughs> sacrificing other things. Well, we'll make more money, but we'll have team members we don't really like and we'll have customers that you know we don't really like but we'll just like sell them tickets because we'll make more money so we always had kind of our true north if you will of how we wanted to do business you know you said something at the beginning where you're saying you know people have this dream that they're chasing and they often don't define the how one what was your dream and was the how part of your dream definition yeah i think when somebody starts a business it's it's basically always from this from the same feeling in their soul that arrives from an experience or a moment 
where something that they're going through in the world sucks and they realize like that's crazy like there's no school for my kid that i like and the only options are this and this and i've just like this has been so crappy for so many years like i'm done i'm building my own school or whatever like this is how like this is how people arrive at their startup moment and i think when it's your first startup from that moment you just go to build the startup but for your second startup you've already done one so you realize that uh like let's just say you and i want to run a marathon like let's just say that's our dream nick for our first time running a marathon we're just like let's go achieve that goal and it's in two months from now and we're going to run that marathon we just train as hard as we can and then we realized two months later, like we forgot to eat healthy food and we overtrained and we wore the wrong shoes, right? And so for the second marathon, we're like, uh, the, the how we train really matters. And, you know, if you're going to be running four hours a day, we might as well be running with people we like and let's run a marathon in a beautiful place and whatever. So it's kind of the same thing for a startup. After you do your first startup, you realize like it's great to have a dream. But if you go about trying to fulfill that dream and build that startup without doing it in in a way that's going to be fulfilling you can end up be you know you know building that school um in a way that burns you out and you work 100 hours a week or with you know teachers that you don't get along with or you know students that aren't the right fit um or on a campus that's not the right you know campus so i think the how is something that hopefully early in your career just after your first startup, you realize like, I really need to get this how right. Yeah. And it, do you see it that that is something that is commonly overlooked? Because I don't know a lot of people in my communities, uh, like, I'm, you know, part of obviously the Summit Network, YPO, I did EO for a while. I didn't hear a lot of people saying like, these are my boundaries for what I'm willing to do to be successful at my business. It just felt like it was just this constant giving of self uh, at the expense of, you know, or at least for the, like you said, the dream of building the business. But very little fulfillment. I did not find that there was that much fulfillment in being a business leader, or business owner. I think that's accurate. And I think most people don't think about this. Or as the business gets bigger, it can be harder, you know, to implement this. But look, I can just speak to us. And for us, you know, the goal of life is life. You know, the goal of life is to have a great life. The goal of business is not to have a monetization event where you make all this money 10 years later to do something else. Like that, th those are the kind of things that always dumbfounded me. You know, people who started a business with the, you know, the goal is to make money. It's like, so you're going to spend 10 years doing something you don't really enjoy so you can make money to then have that money do something else. Like the goal of life is to enjoy life. The goal of business is that you're building a business, you're enjoying the other, the, the whole time. The goal of business is not just to make money at the expense of your personal health and your mental health. So for us, like the goal the entire time was there is no exit strategy. The goal is this is the exit. We are at the end game. This is what we want to do. Like if we got paid a lot of money, we would just want to do this. That's why we're doing it. And, and it was seems this, kinda obvious, but I don't I, think I was it is gonna for most say, people. It, it's it's not. I mean, I think that the dream of 
the startup or the entrepreneur is always like that big lotto ticket win where they're like, I exited for you know a billion dollars. And interestingly enough, I've, I'm sure you've met a lot more people that have done that than I have. But on the other side, I've heard a lot of people say, this also isn't great. Like I wasn't happy building the business, then I sold it, and then I wasn't happy not being a part of the business. So it sounds like you've kind of short-circuited it a little bit and said, yeah, no, the business is in service of my life. And why would I defer my opportunity to live my life the way I want to because of my business? That does seem a little bit backwards. But who taught you that? I mean, how did, or how did you figure that out? Because again, in your 20s, you already seem to have a way better sense of how to make business work in your life than most people who are way late in the game. Yeah, well, let me first say that I think for most people, you know, if you had an unlimited amount of money, like it, it's pretty obvious that just retiring and playing golf all day with some other wealthy friends is not something most people want to do. Like it might be fun for a year, I guess. So regardless of how much money any person had, like the thing that brings meaning to our lives is surrounding ourselves with people that we love and care about and can have fun with and adventure with, you know, family, friends, and then being able to work on something that's meaningful. So they, I feel that there is this, you know, <laughs> you know, this fallacy of the exit and then all this good stuff happens after you make, you know, money one day to then do something else. So the goal is you can just do it right now. And I think that's something I arrived at early that I realized in my early 20s, like I'm just going to do right now. I mean, I think the four hour work week is the best book that I ever read that points that out. You know, it's not about working four hours a week. That's just a catchy title. Um, you know, the book is about identifying like how you want to live and, you know, how you want to work and not overworking yourself to death. And so that's what, you know, we identified um, really early on. And and again, I think, you know, most people, they they want to work on something meaningful. So you figure out the how you want to work, you figure out what you want to work on, you live in a way that, you know, is below your means. And from the very beginning, you know, you, you, you set your parameters, and you start to, you know, if you do that, people will self select into uh, being your coworker, they will want to work at, you know, a firm with those types of values, you know, they'll self select into wanting to be you know, your client. And, you know, our goal, again, you know, if your goal is not to, you know, make the most amount of money, then you're not focused on building the biggest business. Like, with Summit, our goal was to service this amazing community and have a great team. So our goal wasn't to just put on as many events as possible and make them as big as possible. Our goal was to, you know, do something really thoughtful really well. Yeah, you guys have done a really good job of that. That's for sure. It's been cool to see as well that I, you know, see the community change shape from, I think 2010 was my first event in DC and now going to, you know, I was just in Palm Desert and seeing that, you know, there's a lot more family aspect um, and just so cool to see how the, how the, the group has evolved. And again, for, I'm curious from your perspective of all the things you're doing, cause you still have, you know, a lot of different uh, um, meaningful things you're pushing for. Which one is the closest to your heart? Which one is the one that gives you the most sense of meaning? I mean, I've always enjoyed at my core having deep conversations with interesting people. That That's really been probably my favorite thing to do. Um, 
interesting people from every imaginable walk of life and asking them, you know, deep, profound um, questions that are going to elicit, you know, responses that are going to teach me things I don't know. That That's like, that's just kind of my favorite thing, whether I'm walking in the park at random at dinner, like I'm just kind of always, I'm kind of always engaging with people and going down rabbit holes with them. And I think that that's kind of what Summit is at its core, right? It's like getting really interesting people back from really, uh, really interesting people together from really diverse backgrounds and, you know, connecting everyone and then creating, you know, these stages where you can also hear uh, conversations with people who you wouldn't see in the ordinary course of your life. And so I think yeah, at the core of it, I think, you know, what I started, you know, we started 15 years ago with Summit 14 years ago is still something that I'm really passionate about. And then, you know, just to take it one step further, there's, you know, when you go deep down rabbit holes with people and learn, you find that some of these new learnings are really interesting. Like, wow, I can't believe I never thought about that. I'm going down a rabbit hole with a, you know, permaculturist or, you know, someone who, you know, you know, is build, you know, does off-grid living or someone who's thinking about, you know, relationships in a unique way or, um, you know, someone who's looking at, you know, ancient civilizations and, you know, questioning their origins. And so, as you go down these rabbit holes with all these interesting, you know, unique people and characters, you start to become more educated and then you start to have new interests. So I found that by attending the summit events myself and just being part of the community, I have this kind of never ending stream of new uh, friendships and connections and of new interests that I'm always exploring. When you're in kind of daily life, just interacting with random people, what kind of questions will you ask that will potentially kind of stoke the fire of these deep, profound conversations? Well, that's a great question about asking great questions. Um, I think that one of the most important skills in life is the ability to ask deep questions to people. And the ability to ingratiate yourself with people in such a way that they're interested in answering your question. You know, they don't, you know, that they like you. They, you know, you don't have to have some deep relationship where they're telling you their secrets, right? It, like, I don't even think trust is the most important thing in a, in a new relationship, right? It's just, it's about, because again, they're not telling you their deepest secrets, but, you know, what, let's just say I met you, Nick, and you have this interesting background and, in aviation. And so rather than doing the typical reporting set of questions, which is like, oh, how, so where are you from? And uh, man, it's been, uh, what's the weather been like? I heard it's really snowy these last few days. And uh, how many employees you got at the business? And uh, what kind of aircrafts you got these days? Like, those are kind of like reporting, like very boring questions that won't really take the relationship anywhere and there's nothing to learn right and then right like the next level would be like oh i see some guitars behind you you must like really really like guitar uh like you play a lot or what's that piece of art on the wall like so that's like a little bit deeper but like where you can really learn is and you'll see this from the best interviewers 
So they'll ask a really deep question and then they'll really deeply and passionately listen to the answer. And then their follow-up question will build on the response from the first question. So a good question would be, Nick, you mentioned that you know, you took over a family business, and I've always heard that it can be really like beautiful, but also challenging working with family. And I was wondering what the hardest part was of taking over a family business was for you. Like if there are any like rifts in your family that happened, but also what the most beautiful parts were. So that would be like a question that is not, wouldn't be like a secret answer. You need to trust me. But it'd be like a question that probably not a lot of people ask you and right. then allows you to like go deep into answering something. And from there, now we're off into like a deep conversation where if you ask good questions, people are also learning about themselves as they answer the questions. So yeah, that's a, I mean, that's great to hear. It's I feel like one, it's good podcast school for me, too, where you're like, ask deeper questions. Let's figure out how to do that better. Uh, and what I like about your question about the family stuff, so I have heard some people say over the years, you know, it must be really hard to run a family business. And that's it. That's the end of the comment, right? They're kind of like saying, like, <laughs> I get what it's like to be you. No one's ever asked me the upside, not once. And no one's actually given me the space to say, can you tell me about what your experience of running a family business was like? What was the hard part and what was the positive part? That's really interesting. It seems like in many ways you're you're giving the person space to maneuver instead of the one that I typically get is someone trying to sound smart to me. Like, I know what family business is all about. It's hard, right? And I'm like, okay. One thing I do um, for the kids that I'll mentor or the younger entrepreneurs that'll reach out it is this, and I'll give them challenges. Um, it could be, you know, reading books and whatnot, but like really the most effective challenge I've ever given people and I've done over the years to lots of people that's worked for for people from every imaginable background, regardless of how successful they are, what age they are, is I will challenge them that for one week, 90% of what comes out of their mouth has to be questions. And for, and that they, and that the question, and so, and that the questions, uh, and, and that's all I'll say. And what'll happen, I won't even tell them the questions should be deep, but when they go into this mindset where they're only asking questions, and I'll tell them that if people ask them questions to ignore the person's question and just keep asking questions until finally they kind of, you know, have to talk. But what will happen is they're now so in a mindset of asking questions and learning, they just naturally start asking deeper questions. But exactly, like you said, um, people will go about hearing you have a family business and then they'll just talk at you. It's insane rather than ask questions. So you know, we're all our own, you know, mini podcast hosts in the real world, right? You can literally go up to anyone and have as deep a conversation as you want to have. Like people generally, you know, the joke about, you know, New Yorkers love when you ask them directions and they'll just talk forever, right? But the truth is we all love being asked deep questions. And even for me, you know, so few people actually ask me good questions. Like most people, and especially the more successful they are, the more they just talk at you. So successful people can actually be really uninteresting to have a conversation with because they're not interested in you. And then yeah. when finally people ask you questions, the questions aren't that great. So to actually find someone who 
who really wants to ask deep questions and, you know, listen, listen compassionately. And that's why, by the way, someone like Alex Fridman is such a good podcast host or a Joe Rogan, because they're actually just so good at asking questions and listening. Like they're really, really listening and, uh, and going deep with people. You said most people don't ask you great questions. Can you remember a question that completely leveled you or affected you or was like, wow, I did not see that coming and it moved you? I would say that Alex Benayan, who wrote The Third Door, is one of the best people I've, asked, I've met at asking questions. And he just has a way where, you know, just, you know, even as friends, he kind of you know, he kind of cuts through all the noise and, you know, rather than ask me like, Elliot, so how are you and your um, wife doing this? How was your week or how was your guy's weekend? You know, like he'll just ask something like, was there anything special you to you guys did over the last week and how did it make each of you feel? Right. He'll just, He'll just frame it in a way rather than, you know, and suddenly I'm like, yeah, well, we did this. And and then he'll really ask me, like, so how did that feel? You know, or, um, you know, if we were to read the same, you know, or say experience the same, you know, news event rather than talk about the news event, he might ask, like, well, how did you feel about that? Or how did it make you want to? What changes did it did you then want to make after hearing about this or seeing that? Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I saw him interview. Um, God, who was he interviewing at the event? The founder of Masterclass. That's right. And everyone came back and was like, "Wow, Alex is incredible. He's he's again wise beyond his years. You guys have that in common. Really, really interesting dude. And yeah, I, you know, I've never thought so much about this idea of the power of questions when I thought I'd be chatting with you. I thought it'd be a lot more around fulfillment, but it does seem like this is such a unique angle of things that I haven't thought that much about. And I know like for me, I had a lot of social anxiety growing up. So when I first went to Summit, I loved it. I found my tribe, but I, I still to this day, when I come into an event where I don't know a lot of people, it's really hard to navigate the room sometimes. I'm like, how do I feel like I belong here? And that studying of the idea of how to ask questions to people you don't know seems like such an important skill. Is there... Is there a book on it? Is there someone that you would recommend people look towards to kind of hone that skill of question asking? Or is it just listening to Alex Friedman? Well, first, I would just recommend everyone do this challenge where they try to ask 90% questions for one week. And I think, you know, like talking to you now, you know, you're great at asking questions. And, you know, that's the nature of a podcast is it's set up for questions. I think there's a real art in each of us becoming our own podcast host in real world, right? And there's an art to it because, you know, the person you're talking to didn't ask to be interviewed, so you don't want to be pushy, right? Um, but I think, you know, it is asking questions is by far the best way to make new friends. I mean, I went to um, someone like a friend of a friend's house yesterday, and I didn't know anyone there. And I'm at, I just didn't know anyone. So what am I going to just go up and like talk at people? So I just have to go and say, Hey, like, wow, what, um, you know, I might say open with one kind of fluffy question, like, wow, like what, um, it's like, what are you spending your time like working on? Like, what are you most excited about? And then like, 
whatever they answer, like from there, I can immediately go start down a rabbit hole. So like I'll often start, I'm, I'm not going to like open someone and be like, you know, what was the best lesson you ever learned from your father? You know, but I yeah. might ask something kind of fluffy and they're like, yeah, I'm, um, I manage uh, a hotel. Uh, and I, and then I, I might from there just say, so like from that first point, as soon as I know, then I might go really down a rabbit hole. And again, it's kind of my genuine curiosity, but I might say, so what is, what, what are some of the best experiences you've ever had with guests that were unexpected? Like, have you ever become like really good friends with a hotel guest? And so I find from like the second question, I can just start going down a rabbit hole. And that's kind of how I build relationships. And I think it's like my natural curiosity, right? Like my questions are very authentic. It, it's, um, it's not contrived. It reminds me of like, uh, like on my own, on my own uh, Larry King, right? People always loved him because he's so genuine. He just, you know, he would talk, he would, he would never prepare for an interview. He was just so genuinely curious about people. That's pretty awesome. So Have you? People should do I, I, this 90% challenge and they'll so the, realize that they the, never ask questions. The fear that comes up for me, and it's interesting too, when you were saying that a lot of people don't ask questions when they're successful. I know for me, there were times where I had imposter syndrome. So the idea is like, I felt like I wasn't allowed to ask big questions of successful people in a room. Is there times where you've found that people can have a really negative reaction? Like, who the hell are you to ask me that question right now? What do you do? Like, what do you know? Who do you know? I've never had that experience. Ever. Not one time, <laughs> not in 20 years of asking questions, has someone not wanted to answer questions? And especially at the even more successful levels, they just people. There's so much to asking questions like I get to learn. They feel respected. They feel interesting. They feel like, you know, they can talk to a different generation, what, whatever it is. Um, I've never had a bad experience asking questions. And again, there's an art to asking questions like there is to playing music. You can't just, you know, going up to a celebrity and asking them, um, hey, can I have a photo is a bad question. Right. I know there's that quote about there's no bad questions. I mean, I think there are. It's uh, an untimely question. Um, you know, I think... Yeah, I actually got, uh, I had a kid I mentored who went up to a, a well-known person, like a celebrity. They told some of us, like, I met this well-known person and I here's the photo I got with them. And I'm like, man, you had an opportunity. Like, we all know that that um, celebrity is really into farming. Like, they just got their own farm and they're growing, like, it's a well-known person. I said, that was your chance to, like, learn like why did you leave hollywood and go create your own farm like that's what nobody asked them and instead your question was can i have a photo <laughs> so i think that people will have way more success than they think asking questions their existing relationships will deepen they'll become more educated you can learn so much i mean i think i just realized nick there's not much for me to learn from talking and there's so much for me to learn by asking people questions amazing well my my last question to you today is what is your dream i mean the concept of the show is that um you know a lot of people have an early idea of what their dream is when they achieve that success they realize wait i need a new dream so 
from the outside, you seem like quite the successful guy. You've done a lot of really meaningful things in the world, but what do you wake up in the morning dreaming about now? I, the thing I've most enjoyed um, over the last 15 years is mentoring either the team members that I work with uh, at our companies or just people who reach out to me, um, you know, who've then become my friends. Like I, I really love helping folks. There's just, there's, there's, there's a knowledge exchange. I know I was just sharing how much I learned from asking questions, but when you're helping folks, especially younger people, there's so much that they have to learn, uh, from an older generation, but there's so much the older generation, we have to learn from them that we're totally out of the loop on. And so there's just this knowledge exchange that I just, I just like devour. I, I really, really love it. That's very cool. Well, I, I hope you continue to support people again, seeing the impact you've had on my life. I'm sure you're helping thousands and thousands of other people, maybe even more with the book. Um, so just, I appreciate you. And, and I think the biggest takeaway for me today is I think I want to title the podcast, start your own podcast with at least an audience of one, right? Like there's something to that idea of just, just live like you're in a podcast and see what you can go learn in the world. And, uh, in the meantime, challenge, I mean, it's a great challenge. It's such a cool, I've never heard that before. And I think that's such a cool thing to, to recommend to people. Yeah. It's mind blowing how deep you can go with new folks immediately off the bat, how much deeper your interactions will be, how much more interesting other people will think you are. Like, just think about last, you know, when you've had a conversation and someone just talks at you the whole time, you don't leave and say, wow, that person said so much brilliant stuff. Whereas when someone goes deep and engages you and asks you all these questions, you think, wow, that was a great conversation. So it's just, I think if everyone goes and does this challenge, they'll really, uh, they'll really enjoy it. Awesome. Well, I, I really look forward to trying it myself. And in the meantime, if, uh, if you were moved by what Elliot shared, definitely check out his book, uh, Make No Small Plans. And more importantly, go check out summit.co. They have incredible events. Uh, I was part of Summit Gento last year and just really great way to meet incredible people in kind of like an advisory environment. Um, it was just a really meaningful community. So go check all that out. And again, Elliot, thank you so much for making time to, to speak to us today. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Nick. Awesome. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Dream Beyond. I hope that you received whatever message or inspiration you were meant to get from today's episode. I had a great time recording it for you. If you love the show, please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review it. It really helps get the word out. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Instagram.com slash Nick Tarasio, LinkedIn.com slash in slash Nick Tarasio, or YouTube.com slash N Tarasio.